the master of the graveyard. When reading the Gospels, we, said the, we see that the ministry of Jesus leads to radical beginnings just when none seem possible. Uh, let me state this again, just in case you missed it. The ministry of Jesus is the power that results in a new beginning for people just when they thought none seemed possible. We read in uh, Mark 1, 21, 28, that when Jesus began his ministry, he entered the synagogue, he entered a church, a place where people gathered to hear the word of God. The story tells us that in this synagogue, there was a man with an unclean spirit. When one reads stories, these kind of stories, such as this one in the gospel, it always relates these unclean spirits with demonic forces. Demonic forces that control people's lives. We read in this story that the man with the unclean spirit cried out and said in 124, what have you to do with us? ¿Qué quieres con nosotros? According to uh, the conversation, the man is possessed by more than one unclean spirit. He has many unclean spirits. According to Genesis, God created us with one mind and one personality. But this man with this unclean spirit has more than one mind and more than one personality. And when a person has more than one mind and more than one personality, he, she is no longer made in the image of God. But he is made, being made and formed into the image of demonic forces. The story doesn't say how long this man was possessed with this unclean spirit. But the story does say that it took the power of Jesus to set him free from the forces that held him captive. It took the power of Jesus to silence these forces that held this man in captivity. And when Jesus said to the unclean spirit, be silent and come out of him, in verse 25, what seemed impossible for this man in this story became possible. Now, the man had a new beginning and a new life. The man now had a, a story to tell, a new story to tell. It was a story about how Jesus set him free. That's what I mean when I said that the ministry in Jesus leads to a new beginning just when none seemed possible. Let me give you another example of what kind of power the ministry of Jesus unleashes. In Mark 5, 1 to 9, it tells us about another man with another unclean spirit. The story states that this man lived among the tombs. He lived in the graveyard where there is only darkness and death. The story continues by saying that this man with an unclean spirit who lived in the graveyard, no one could control when they bind him with chains, he would break them with an uncontrollable rage. To this man, the possibility of ever making his home among the living after existing among the dead for so many years was a dream that had turned into a nightmare. Now the only reality that existed for him was the cold stolen tombs where he rested his naked, torn, scarred body. All he knew was the reality of a cold life, of a hopeless life. The story says that this man with the unclean spirit seen Jesus from far away 
and ran up to him and worshiped him. After a short conversation, Jesus asked the man his name. The man responds by saying that his name is Legion, for we are many. Porque somos muchos. His name is Legion. His mama and his daddy might have named him Pablo or Greg when he was born, but now his name was Legion. Whatever his parents had named him had vanished. Now his name was Legion. And we have to remember that this man with demonic forces controlling his life was once like you and I. Before he got involved with alcohol and drugs that also keep us in captivity. He was once normal like us. Let's say that his name was Pablo. So all his partners called him by his name. They called him Pablo. But in time, because of certain actions and characteristics in his personality, his name changed from Pablo to Vrochas because he had a big mustache. And maybe later in life, his name Vrochas turned into Loco because he acted a little crazy when he drank a little wine or a little tequila. And as Loco sunk deeper into his lifestyle of alcoholism and his actions became uncontrollable, his partners changed his name from Loco to El Psycho. So now, Pablo with the name El Psycho sunk deeper and deeper into the dark side of the world. He now was no longer an alcoholic, but he got involved in pornography and drugs, and now a pervert, seducing innocent girls, since no woman will come near the one they call El Cyclone. So by now, Pablo had become so possessed by these demonic personalities that his partners had forsaken him and his family rejected him. Rejected by family, by friends, by church. Psycho was alone. The only uh, comfort Psycho could find was among, among the spooks, in the tombs, in the graveyard, where life has stopped to exist. No life in the graveyard, only death. And once there, the one they call it Psycho became Legion. Because now it Psycho was many. Psycho was many personalities like we were. Personalities of addiction, of immorality, of rage, and of terror. But once in a while, in the hood, in the barrio, in the colonia, somebody calls it, where Psycho was from, one of his partners was asked, Orale, hey man, whatever happened to Psycho? Que le pasó? And the other partner would say, the last time I heard was that Psycho was in Victory Outreach. You know, that casa where they teach you about Jesus, where you could uh, clean up and, uh, and start a new life. That casa where they cry and pray like a bunch of chavalas, like a bunch of girlies. But then, the one they call Two-Tone Pete, because of the pigment of his skin was two colors, stepped in to say, no, vato, 
Psycho only stayed there three weeks. Psycho only stayed there tres semanas and left. Now I heard the psycho really went cyclone and hangs out allá in the graveyard with the dead con los muertos. When we look at the life of Pablo, at the one they call cyclone, we also are looking at our lives. When born, our parents gave us a normal name. Maybe they named you John, Mark, Peter, Louis, Juan, Chela. And we could say that as a young boy or girl, you lived a normal life, like Pablo once did. Went to church, went to school. But in time, life started to change. Life became an experiment. We started to experience things around us, with girls, with boys. If you were like me, it started with the opposite sex, about the age of seven or eight. I wanted to see what the anatomy of a girl's body looked like. So in time, at a young age, I started looking through bathroom windows. I started peeking through bedroom windows. I started sneaking under blankets. I was on the prowl. So in time, I sunk deeper into sexuality. Then came the booze, then came the cigarettes. After that, the drugs. And next thing I know, I got a heroin habit I couldn't kick. And let me say that I know that I'm not alone because many have experienced what I have experienced as a young boy. And like Cyclone, I always found myself in the graveyard. I found myself without hope. I found myself without a future. And I found myself with the thought that if this is living, then I wish that I was dead. Like Job, I cursed the day that I was born. And I know that many of you know what it is to live in the graveyard with Cyclone. Many of us have lived among the tombs of sexual perversion, among the tombs of alcoholism, among the tombs of drug addiction. We know that those cold tombs, we know what those cold tombs feel like, where we lived in the graveyard of despair. We lived in that graveyard where Cycle once lived with no way out. We were buried in our own tombs of addiction, of alcoholism, of perversion. And if you heard correctly, I did say where Cyclone once lived. Because one day, someone was passing by. Someone just happened to pass by the graveyard. Someone just happened to be walking by the graveyard. And that one that was walking by the graveyard was the same one that was healing the sick and casting out demons in Mark 1.32. The one that was passing by the graveyard was the same one that told the man that was paralyzed, your sins are forgiven, rise up and walk in Mark 2. The one that was walking by the graveyard was the same one that told the man with the weathered hand, stretch out your hand, and his hand was restored in Mark 3. The one that was walking by the graveyard was the same one that said to the storm out in the sea, be peace, be still in Mark 4. Now this same person 
There was healing the sick and casting out demons. In Mark 1, this same person that forgave sins and healed the man that was paralyzed. In Mark 2, this same person that healed the man with the withered hand. In Mark 3, this same person that told the storm and the raging sea, be still. In Mark 4, this same person was now walking by the graveyard in Mark 5. He is now in Cyclone's neighborhood. This same person was now in the neighborhood, or to be more precise, in the gravehood, since only the dead people exist there. He was now in Cyclone's gravehood. The next thing that Jesus does is that he demands to know the demon's name. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Que es tu placa? The man then replies, my name is Legion, for we are many, porque somos muchos. Here we see that Cyclone was not only one Cyclone that many of his partners uh, had thought, but Cyclone was many Cyclones that his partners never knew about. And it is here that we see for the first time the full degree of distortion of the one they call Cyclone was subjected to. Cyclone was not only controlled by one demon, but by many demons who had now taken possession of Cyclone. And if we listen carefully, we could still hear that name Legion echoing in the graveyards. And if we listen a little more carefully, we could still hear that name Legion echoing in the corners of our cities where girls are selling their bodies. We could hear that name Legion echoing in the crack houses in our cities. We could still hear that name Legion in every bar and every strip joint, in every alley of our cities. We could hear that name Legion echoing in the suburbs where the wealthy people live. Egypt, Legion is everywhere. And if you listen a little more carefully, you will hear Legion trying to creep in our house, into our lives, in order to take us into that graveyard where Cyclone lives. Legion is on the march. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to take us back to that dead-end street where the graveyard is. Life without Jesus is a dead-end street. And at every dead-end street, there is a graveyard waiting for us. And at every graveyard, there is legion waiting for us for the purpose of possessing and controlling our lives. According to the story, Pablo or Cyclone had now lost the identity the image that God had created him with. Instead of reflecting the image of God in his life, instead of speaking and living God's will in his life, Cyclone was now living out all the evil forces that controlled his life, that even the spirits now spoke for Cyclone. But in this story, we not only see the power of Satan in people's lives, but we also see the stupidity of Satan and the response to Jesus. When Jesus asked him, what is your name? Que es tu placa? The reply is, my name is Legion, for we are many. We are many. Somos muchos. 
According to that time, a Roman legion consisted of 6,000 soldiers. The possibility that Jesus was facing 6,000 demons is not sure. But one thing is sure, that in that graveyard, Jesus was facing a powerful force that controls the lives of people. Jesus was facing legion, who was many. But the stupidity of Satan is seen in the response, my name is legion. Did the demons think that by saying, for we are many, was going to put fear in Jesus? Did these demons think that by saying, we are many, that Jesus was turned around and run or be swallowed up by the forces like many of us would? Here we see Jesus confronting the forces of Satan and Satan, like a strong man, is fully armed. He has his demons controlling those he possesses. But when the strong one arrives in the graveyard, when the one that has all power steps in the graveyard, all that the demons could do is cry and beg for mercy. When Jesus steps in, the demons have to step out. Satan might think that he is the master of the graveyard. He may think that he holds the keys to life and death. But to Jesus, Satan is only the caretaker of the graveyard because there is only one master. And he is not only the master of the living, but he is also the master of the dead. He is the master of the graveyard, the one that holds the keys to death and life. And once the master steps in the graveyard, the dead have to come alive again. And let me say that again, just in case you didn't get it. Once the master enters the graveyards, those that are buried in their tombs of alcoholism, those that are buried in those tombs of drugs, those that are buried in their tombs of pornography, have to come alive like Cyclone came alive. I came alive 40 years ago. I know. I know that all of us once lived, once lived in Graveyard Street. I know that your address was once 1666 Graveyard Street, just like mine was and Cyclones was. But Jesus don't care if your address is 666 Graveyard Street. Jesus don't care if your address is in that graveyard at that dead end street. Jesus don't care what graveyard you live in. Because according to Mark 5, Jesus is the master of the graveyard. Those, uh, those bones that have been lying in those tombs have to start rattling again when Jesus starts passing by the graveyard. Jesus is the master of the graveyard and not Satan. And when Jesus passes by the graveyard, those bones that are rattling in the graveyard start taking on new flesh. They start taking on a new mind. Then those bones start taking on a new heart. Those bones start taking on the desire to follow Jesus like Cyclone started following Jesus. Mark 5 tells us that Jesus is the master of the graveyard. And all those demonic forces, all those demonic forces that call themselves legion have to bow down to the master of the graveyard. All those demonic forces that held us captive and still hold some of us captive have to bow down to the master of the graveyard. That's what Legion did. He started bowing down. 
When Jesus started walking by my graveyard, like he walked by Cyclone's graveyard, my bones, my dead bones also started to rattle. And I came alive, just like those bones in Ezekiel's graveyard. And when I came alive, I knew that Jesus was the master of the graveyard and not Satan. So at the end of this story, the man possessed by the demons, we read in Mark 5:15, it says, And they came to Jesus and saw the demonic sitting there, clothed in his right mind. Here we see Cyclone, who lived in the graveyard, who terrified others as he ran naked among the tombs. Here we see Cyclone, fully recovered and in his right mind, not tormented anymore. Before Cyclone's liberation from demonic forces, Cyclone was seen by everyone as the one who lived among the tombs. No one could bind him anymore, even with chains. He was always crying out, bruising himself with stones. But after his liberation from demonic forces, we see not Cyclone anymore, but Pablo, sin there, clothed and in his right mind. The mind that God gave him, the, mind, the image that God gave him. Also, in the graveyard, no one dreams. Because in the graveyard, no one sleeps. Because in the graveyard, there is only pain and torment. In the graveyard, dreams do not exist, only nightmares. Because when you're in pain and torment, like Cyclone was, one cannot dream. I still remember what it was like in my graveyard. And hopefully you still remember too. You see, as long as Cyclone was in the graveyard, he had no future. He was shut out of the future. That's what Legion does. That's what Satan does. But once Jesus took Pablo out of his graveyard, the future opened up for him, and he started planning a social destiny for himself. But we see that Jesus had a different social destiny for Pablo. Jesus give us, gives us our destiny, not us. In Mark 5, 19, Jesus tells Pablo what his social destiny is. Jesus tells Pablo, go tell your mama. Go tell your daddy what the Lord has done for you. Go tell your brothers and your sisters what the Lord has done for you. Go tell all your partners in the neighborhood what the Lord has done for you. Go tell them that at one time you were in the graveyard without no hope and without no future. Go tell them that at one time you were in the graveyard out of your mind and the only future you had was a as a graveyard in the graveyard was a digging graves for the devil. But then you could hear Pablo say to his partners in the neighborhood, but one day as I stood there naked, with my body scarred and bleeding, and with my mind messed up, someone was passing by the graveyard. And he, as he passed by the graveyard, I ran into him and begged him to leave me alone. I told him not to torment me because my life was in torment already. I was, I was tired of pain and suffering. Then Pablo says, but when I looked into his eyes, and when he spoke to me, it was as if he was speaking to someone else other than me. And I could hear him speaking to someone named Legion and telling him 
that he is the master of the graveyard and that he has come to take his sons and his daughters out of the graveyard. Then Pablo. Then Pablo finishes the story by saying, by saying, next thing I knew, I was sitting there in the graveyard, fully clothed and with a right mind. And when I told him that I wanted to be with him for uh, restoring my life and giving me hope, he told me, but he told me, no, but go tell others what the Lord has done. Go tell them that the master of the graveyard has set you free. And what Jesus had done for Cyclone, he has done for me. And he can do for you because Jesus is the master of the graveyard. My name, okay, now let me tell you Cyclone's testimony. My name is Pablo, but for a long time they used to call me Cyclone because I existed in the graveyard. I still remember bits and pieces when I was in the graveyard. I still remember the pain and the torment I was in when I was in the graveyard. It seemed like I was always cold when I was in the graveyard. I remember tearing my flesh with stones, but couldn't understand why I wanted to hurt myself, sticking needles in my flesh. I also remember these nightmares I used to have about this person named Legion, telling me that beyond this graveyard, there's no hope and no future. Then Pablo says, there was a couple of times that I left. I got tired and left living in the graveyard. So I left only to find out that Legion was right. There is no hope or no future outside the graveyard. But one day, this man Jesus, you call the son of Mary, was passing by the graveyard. And as he was passing by the graveyard, he spoke to me. And since then, I no longer live in the graveyard. I no longer live in pain and torment. I no longer tear at my flesh like I used to. I still may have the scars on my body, but now my body is healed. And those nightmares I told you about, this person named Legion, well, those nightmares are gone. And that person named Legion is also gone. Uh, so I stand here today telling you that at one time they used to call me Cyclone. But now, because of what Jesus has done, I stand here as Pablo. Because Jesus has set me free from the demonic forces that held me captive in the graveyard. And now all I could do is praise the name of Jesus for taking me out of the graveyard. That's what Pablo would say. Jesus didn't create us to live in a graveyard. God created us to live in the garden, as Genesis 2 says. God created us to live in a garden of delight, where there is life, where there are streams of water to refresh in us, where there are fruit to enjoy, and where God is, where we can speak and have fellowship with. But Satan, in time, turned God's garden of delight into a graveyard of death. But in Mark 5, the master of the graveyard has arrived in order to turn those graveyards into gardens of delight. 
And we see that taking place in cycle in Mark 5. That is my testimony. And it could also be yours. Now I don't live in 666 Graveyard Court. Now I live in 77 Paradise Place.